Hey guys, welcome to Fearless TV. If you guys need any more information on what we're doing, you can check us out on Instagram at fearless underscore LA. Also, if you have any prayer requests, you can log into our Fearless TV page and fill out the form. The message you're about to watch is revival from our pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Hope you guys enjoy. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That should make some of you excited right now because no matter what the world said you were, God already knew who you were before they put labels or boxes or limitations. You serve a limitless God, right? So how could a limitless God create something with limits? He called you before the world called you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That's another hope right there. That God saw you and he actually put you apart from everybody else and made you unique and special I set you apart. And then I appointed you. I'm not here to use you, use you up like the world does. I appointed you as a prophet. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you're a prophet. I know that sounds crazy and weird and real theological, but all it means simply, uh, all a prophet did is he spoke from heaven's perspective instead of his own, and he called forth things that aren't as though they are. What if we got new eyes, prophets? What if we got new visions this year and we started speaking crazy talk? People looked at us and they said, you, you don't even know what you're talking about. You say, you don't know what I'm talking about either. I, I'm not talking about earthly things. I'm talking about heavenly things and I'm prophesying. I know this marriage seems bad, but I'm prophesying new life over to a dead marriage. I know my work situation seems like a dead end, but anybody could talk about that, but I'm a prophet, baby. I know L.A. seems dark, but we've already heard that. We have the light. You are a prophet to the city, to the county, to the nations. You thought too small. We're going to change the city? No, we're going to change the city. We're going to shake. We're going to turn nations upside down. God wants to turn nations upside down with your words. He wants to flip upside down nations. This is why the church cannot be racist or draw lines or live in boxes or only claim cities because he did not just call us to cities or cultures or regions. He called us to nations. Nations, you don't understand yet. Nations, this is why we got to get a kingdom mindset to say, you know what, God, you can use me in any tribe or nation to flip nations upside down with my voice voice sorry I'm preaching already it's okay I will stall longer than you it's okay we'll get through this and then Jeremiah says what all of you are saying right now <laughs> but Lord I don't know how to speak I'm only a child I'm new at this how are you calling me a prophet I can't even get this worship thing down I can't even tithe yet I'm still trying to figure out how to be good and God goes I didn't call you to be good I called you to be alive and then the Lord said to me, do not say, quit talking in the facts, because Jeremiah was a child. Do not say I'm a child, because you don't have time for that. Touch your name and say, you ain't got time for that. <laughs> you ain't got time. That's my own version right there. That wasn't in there, but I added it. You're like, that's in the Bible? Then he says, you must go to everyone I send you. And say to whatever I command you, do not be afraid of them, 
for I am with you. And then I love this. And I'll rescue you, declares the Lord. Remember the last time he declared something? Planets showed up. If God's going to have to rescue you, how do you get rescued if you're not in trouble? Some of you are tired of being in trouble, but you are in the right place, baby. You're tired of being in a messed up situation, but you're in a perfect place because God has he's allowed you to get there so he could rescue you. Then the Lord didn't leave me with his words spoken out. He spoke them into me. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched me, touched my mouth. And he said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today, somebody say today. I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow. But I don't want you to leave it desolate. I want you to build and plant in the same place. The thing that used to own you, we're going to tear it down. But we're not just going to tear it down to leave it blank. We're going to put something new on it. But I want you to build and to plant. I want you to be a sower as well as a terror. <laughs> and then the word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? I want to finish right there. What do you see? What do you see? After he touched him and told him, I'm going to use your mouth, here's what you're going to do. Now he said, now the first thing that I'm going to use to transform a nation will be your eyes. No wonder why this generation has been plagued with pornography and, 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 and vanity and pride and all these things because the devil is after your eyes. Don't be alarmed by that. Don't be thrown off by the fact that you have a trouble with Instagram or you're having trouble with your emails. The devil is after you. He's after you. Don't be troubled by the way that you don't line up to what you see on the outside because the devil is after your eyes because who controls the eyes controls the outcome of what comes through the heart and the mind of the believers that profess what they see what do you see because whatever you see you're going to touch what if a generation could see life from heaven's perspective what if a generation could see revival in death what if a generation could see new life in los angeles what if a generation could catch today that this revival does not begin in a church it begins with my eyes would you grab hands all across this room i'm not going to preach long i know preachers say that but i do have a timer on my watch jesus we thank you for what you're going to do in this service we thank you for the new friends that we have here we thank you for the family you're bringing together. And we pray for renewed revival to take place in this place right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You could be seated. Touch your neighbor and say, you ready for revival? You ready for revival, man? Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm a walking revival. You see, uh, for some reason, we have it in our mind that revival uh, is a big tent Fire and brimstone preaching. Lots of shouts, as many amens as we can fit in the room. If you have a certain amount of hallelujahs, if the service 
goes and, and night services go beyond a certain amount of time. It's a revival. Have you heard about the revival? That there's healings at the revival. But I believe today that revival is already in place right now in this room. And we're not in a tent. We don't have everyone saying hallelujah. But revival does not begin publicly. It first begins personally. And then it moves corporately to a body, to a family. Then it goes public. And when it goes public, look out, baby, because there's no stopping it. It first affects the heart, transforms the mind, and takes over the believer. Talk about it. You have no choice to talk about his grace and his love and his freedom. See, it's not normal to be free and not set others free. No insecurity, no fear, no pride, no sin, no nothing can keep you back if you truly have experienced freedom. And Christ came to set us free. He came to set us free from death, from sin, and from the chains that most of us are still trying to work to get out. God's already finished it. I love that my Jesus is the finisher. He's not just the starter He's not just the author. He is the author and the finisher. And he ain't finished with me yet on earth, but he's already finished in heaven. I'm just trying to catch up to what he's already done with my destiny. You see, my destiny is finished in Jesus' name. Like my salvation is finished by the work of the cross. I came to tell you this, that you don't have to get saved 52 times for God to accept you. It takes one time, one time of the blood redeeming power of the cross, one time of the perfect lamb covering the sins of the world. Have you ever wondered why uh, Jesus said, I am the, the lamb, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world? If I were to be Jesus, I would have picked a lion at first. I would have said, I'm the lion or I'm the bear or I'm something powerful, at least a badger. I mean, look at uh, a lamb. But I found out oh, that someone got a text. I found out. <laughs> that that a, a lamb actually has an antidote in its blood to stop the venom of a snake bite. They actually will use a lamb's blood to put and inject in certain people that have gotten bitten by venomous vipers. Go look it up. It's crazy that there is already a, a, an antidote in their blood that destroys the works of the snake that bites the lamb. And I love that the, the, the lamb also has these hoofed uh, feet. It does not have flat feet, but it has hoofed feet with a point. And that point is there. So if a predator comes, it has the ability to put it under its feet. But that doesn't mean leaving it under its feet to stand on it. That means destruction of what is under its feet. See, the Bible says that, that God will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The Prince of Peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. We are the lambs. We are, we are sheep in his pasture and God wants to use his perfect blood to cancel the debt of what sin has done in your life it doesn't matter how bad the bite was his blood has the power to transform any life in one moment at one time you say but what about all this I've done I don't care what you've done because he didn't come to take away your badness he came to give you life he come to take away death. 
How do you take away death but then to destroy it? Revival by Webster's Dictionary means to make someone or something strong. God wants to make you strong. The Bible says that he wants us to be perfect as he is perfect. One of my buddies has a, a, a thing for his new thing he's starting. It's, it says, no perfect people. I want to call him and say, well, dude, you, you got to read the Bible because the Bible does call us to be perfect. But it's not meaning perfect like he's saying we're not perfect. The word perfect there is to be whole. God wants to make you whole. Have you ever felt like part of you was missing? Man, I wish I could be whole, but I still feel like I need things to make me feel better. You, you ever just needed stuff? You ever needed a new jacket to make you feel like you never needed a new haircut just to feel better about life? Then you got the wrong one. Then you're like, man, I feel worse about life. <laughs> Last night about 3 in the morning, my hair was orange. And I'm like, oh, dear God, I look like Tony the Tiger. Come on, baby. <laughs> but if you need anything other than Jesus to make you whole, you missed how powerful he is. He wants to make you whole. And two halves don't make a whole. Two holes multiply. And God wants to multiply through your life as when you touch him and he touches you, lives are transformed all around you. The second definition of revival is to become strong, healthy, and active again. Look, this revival that God wants to bring to the earth in this day and age, this personal revival that has to start here, right here and right now, is going to make you active. If, if the power of God that hits your life does not make you move from where you are to where he's calling you, I don't believe that the power of God has truly touched your life. I believe church might have. I believe a, a good preacher might have. You were moved by the worship. You got goosebumps. But if God touches you, Every person that encountered God in the Bible, every person got wrecked off their feet. They got down to their knees. They fell like a dead man before him. And then they said, he said, who's going to go for us? And they said, here I am. Send me. They weren't worried about their 401k. They weren't worried what they got to get figured out. They weren't worried about graduating first or getting their bills in line. They said, God, I'm ready. When God touches your life, it's weird to sit still. When God touches your life, it's weird not to give everything to him. God, in reckless pursuit of you, I am chasing all that who you are. After God touched Jeremiah's lips, he sent him. He didn't touch his lips just to touch his lips. He didn't touch him just so he can have a nice experience in church. He didn't bring life just so he can be alive. He came to set the prisoners and the captives free. And you are his body. You are his hands and his legs and his feet. You know how this church is going to grow? More flyers. Better preaching. Cooler lights. <laughs> How's it going to go if I dye my hair purple? Will people come? We'll do, we'll do a contest. If more people come, I'll, I'll shave my armpits. I mean, what, what are we going to have to do to get people here? You know what's going to have to happen? You're going to have to meet Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, you can't stop talking about his goodness and his life. Because when you see dead people, you see a risen Savior that wants to invade their death. It will make you strong, healthy. I'm tired of sick and depressed Christians so tired of it so frustrated by depressed christians look what do you have to be depressed about look all the stuff we did and he took it all 
That's enough to make you shout hallelujah 10 times. Are you worried about your bills? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that's not even the top of his resume, baby. That's just a side note. He also created the moon, the stars, and the weather. And he holds all the stars in the palm of his hand. But he put them down to touch John in the end of the Bible. He says he put down his stars from his right hand. He touched me. God wants to touch you, but he wants to transform you in his touching. So you will transform others. If not, we're just consumers. Consuming. What are you going to do for me, Pastor? What programs are you going to start for us, Pastor? What, 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 how are you going to create community in our, in our culture here, Pastor? No, how are you going to create community? How, you, how do we read our Bible? We need 10, 10 more steps, 10 more plans. We need, can, can, you, can you get by us all a certain Bible that tells us how to read it? Can you, can you talk to me every day? Can you call me every day? Can you text me? No, no. Why, why don't you start building your own relationship with you? Look, I don't want you on my date with my wife. That's not a date. That's a group project. We're hanging out. We're sewing into you instead of sewing into each other. When I go on a date with my wife, I want to go alone. How are you going to go after God with a group? We only go after God here, and we need everybody to help us do it. Well, what kind of love is that? If my wife knew you planned our date for us, you bought the roses and handed it to me. You, you gave me all, you, you set the table up, you arranged it. No, no, she's excited because I did the work, and I put in the time because I'm so in love that I don't want anyone else to get any part of me being a part of this. Look, we are going to be healthy and we're going to be strong when the life of Jesus hits us. And look, we don't have to try to do it. It's just going to happen because that's what personal revival is. Tell me how God has to tell the sun to burn. Burn. No, it just is. Tell me that fire has to learn how to be hot. Had to figure it out. It took me 10 years. I finally got here. Hi, I'm the fire that's kind of cold. Lukewarm fire. No, fire is hot by its nature. If you are alive by your nature, you will be healthy and strong because progress is not about where you're at. Progress is about where you came from to where you're at. How alive are you compared to your old dead self? I'm not there yet. That's okay. But you are a lot further off than you were when you were up shaking it in the club just the other week. And God touched your life. At least she's passing out flyers in the front. They may not be dressed right yet. They may not got it figured out right. They're still working on their Instagram. But praise God. Hallelujah. We got some people that are alive in Jesus. And we're going to celebrate life. And then it says the third thing is to bring something back. Hmm. We're not taking sexy back. We're taking revival back. Bring it back into popularity. Everybody thought they deserved Jesus. You got to go unpopular. <laughs> Jesus was very popular. He couldn't have fit in buildings. This, this would not work for his church plan. They had to go to hillsides and mountains. We'd have to be at Corona Del Mar Beach with the biggest, find the biggest hill you can, and then we're going to need extra parking. That was Jesus, and he didn't even have food to give him at the beginning. Oh, free donuts. No, we don't have anything. Uh, we might have a small boy's lunch coming later. We don't know if there's enough. Y'all going to have to get in the front if you want some. All right? He didn't have wings after the church.
you got to catch that life is popular. People want life. They don't know they want it. They don't know they need They don't want church. They don't want, they don't want Christianity. Stop telling them about that. Tell them about life. Tell them about his life that has changed your life. Look, Christian was not what they called themselves. I'm okay if you call yourself a Christian, but it's not what they put on their Facebook. It was the haters that called them Christians. The haters turned into their motivators, and they pushed them aside, but then they won them, and then they turned out as one of them. And I'm believing that God will raise up some Christians that we look like Christ. How do we look like Christ? We're alive. We're not perfect. We're alive. Man, there should be life. Gone are the days of worship like this. It's too loud. Oh, it is pretty loud, but it's too loud. Oh, the mic. Oh, could they pick a better Bethel song? I mean, I don't really like that one. I like the other one. Oh, he wants our giving again. Oh, he's going to talk about offering. I need the air conditioner on. Look, look, listen, listen. Are we alive? Are we just like surviving? Look, I'm not surviving. God has not called you to survive. Just going to make it one more year. Here I go. Look, there's a lot of people with a poverty mentality, not just in their finances. A lot of people have a poverty mentality with their life. Everything is, everything's horrible. Everything's falling apart. Everyone's, oh my gosh, oh. Okay, I'll worship. I got one hand. I'm doing the Pentecostal thing. This is it. I'm waving. Look, look. This church is not Pentecostal, it's not Baptist, it's not, it's not Lutheran. This church is Jesus. We're going to be a Jesus church. And if that means sometimes we might get Pentecostal on you, and we might get a little wild, and sometimes we might baptize people in the ocean, that's all good. We're just going to go after Jesus. But most of all, this is going to be a church that's alive. Look, if there's more cheering for the Super Bowl, we're going to do this sermon over. There's more cheering for a touchdown. We're doing this thing wrong today. Come on, we're not fans of Jesus. We're flames of Jesus, and we're on fire. Come on, do I have anybody on fire in the room today? You say, what's that guy doing? Well, you didn't get mad when they rang the cowbell when they scored a touchdown. Why are you going to get crazy when I hit the tom on the drum? Come on, we are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're having revival breaking out in this room today. Hallelujah. Oh. Mm. You can stand to your feet. I'm done, and the piano player could come. I only have two minutes. I told you I'm in on time. Look at that. See, the faster you stand and get excited, I'll end like that. See, that's, you got me there. I'm there. Okay. Stand to your feet all of this room. What an awesome Jesus we have. Revival does not begin in this room. It begins this week in obedience to God. God does not just require people pray all day long and then they don't obey God. You can fast all day long and you can sacrifice all day long, but God's not looking for sacrifice. He's looking for obedience. And obedience will always bring sacrifice. Anyone that ever succeeded, succeeded because either they sacrificed or someone sacrificed before them. And if you sacrifice and don't see success, 
it's because someone will succeed after you. I look at my wife all the time and say, you know what, if we don't succeed at this, I know God, God has set us up and we are sacrificing through obedience. And if we don't succeed at the dreams we see, Brave and Lyric will. And the sons and daughters of these people in this house, can you imagine your son and daughter preaching the gospel, fearlessly winning souls? They're going to be like, Mom and Daddy set me up. They set me up. They, they came and they, they gave and they prayed. The only reason why we're in the, even in this room today is some grandma prayed in some closet. And she said, God, I'm going after you. I'm going to be obedient and sacrifice. And I'm going to have personal revival so that I could pave the way for someone else. Who are you seeing revival come to your life right now so someone else can experience this love tomorrow? Mm. So that's a nice little quote. The man who wrote it lost his family. They all died. They were all martyred. And as he wrote it, he wrote it in a prison cell where they kept him like a dog. For years of his life until he finally passed away, he wrote it in there. But you know what happened out of his death? The greatest revolution that his nation has ever known came forth through preachers and prophets that he met in prison while they were murderers and messed up. And he preached the gospel to them wherever he was. And he realized that success comes through sacrifice. Sacrifice comes through obedience. The only reason why I can stand here today is because of the cross of Calvary. Jesus came, and he became the sacrifice for me so that I could be successful today in this new life. And I want to tell you today, the cross is not a judgment road. It's not the crossroads of judgment. It's where judgment has been paid for by an act of love from someone who knew you before this world knew you. And I want to tell you this, that God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Revival is when you catch. God is calling you. He's wooing you. But what about what I did? What about what I said? What about where I've been? You mean as a dead person? He wants to give you life. He doesn't care where you looked for life. Didn't find it. That just tells him how hungry you were. See, I believe if we go into the darkest places in the city and we see revolution and revival in their lives, they will be the fire starters, the Billy Grahams, the Catherine Coleman's, the, the Amy Simple McPherson's, the, the Lou Ingalls, the, 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 the wild ones. The, you look in their eyes and they got a wildfire. You say, where'd that come from? You say, you don't know what he brought me out of, man. I was all the way dead, not some of the way dead. I was. Do we have any of those revivalists in the house today? Revival's not weird. It just means life. It just means to bring back life. And that's what we're going to do in this city. We're going to be a walking revival. We're going to be a walking group that has life. And here's the deal. For this game that we're playing, he already won. He's already won the victory. You don't have to fight for the victory. You just have to celebrate it. You just have to celebrate. As the devil tells you, you lost. You're defeated. You say, devil, I don't know if you saw the game. Maybe you didn't tune in, but my Jesus already won. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. What? What's left? And he wants to defeat death in your life right now. Would you grab hands all across these aisles? And the greatest thing that I would believe for on this great grand opening is that it would not only be fearless West L.A.'s birthday, but that it would be a spiritual birthday for many people in this room. 
the Bible says that when we receive Christ, we are born again, given new life. Today, when you receive Jesus into your life, no matter how far you are away from him, he brings new life. And today, for many, today is going to be your birthday. It's going to be a day of new beginnings, new starts by the one who spoke the world into existence. He's speaking through me right now. And some of you can hear him knocking on your heart. Matt, come here. Matt, get up here. Matt, come here. Come on, Matt. Took Matt a little while to get up here. Just like many of you, it's taken a little while to hear that God is actually calling you. He said, no, I think he's talking to someone else. No, 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 he's going to keep saying it just as I kept saying it till Matt got on this stage. Can I tell you this? The love that Jesus has, it does not stop in its pursuit. If it's not here, it will be in a gas station next week. And if it's not at a gas station, it will be at a Walmart. It might be at the grocery store. It might be with your grandma. But God's going to keep calling you and keep drawing you till you answer his love. And God is not calling you to make you look stupid. He's calling you because he has a purpose and a destiny for the life he's already won for you. Just as I didn't call Matt up here to make him look like a fool. I called him up here because he, as an example, is being an example for you. I had a purpose for getting him on this stage before I called him, even if he didn't know I had one. Thank you, Matt. If you're in this room and you can hear God knocking as I'm speaking right now, you feel dead on the inside. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? You say, I feel dead on the inside. And you know what? I don't understand everything you said today, but I do understand one thing. I need new life. And I'm tired of being dead. I'm tired of finding my next fix. I'm tired of being a half. I'm tired of having religion try to fill the void or, or relationships trying to fill the void or a substance to fill the void. Jesus I realize I need you. And God, I'm not a bad person trying to be good. God, I just need life. I feel dead and I need life. And if you're in this room today under the sound of my voice, I'm speaking to you. If you're in this room, all you have to do on the count of three is squeeze your neighbor's hand. Ready? One. Say, I feel dead. I'm tired of it. This is family. All you have to do is squeeze their hand. Two, three. Come on, hands are being squeezed all over the room. I'm tired of feeling dead. I'm ready to be alive. I'm tired of this death sentence. I want revival. Revival begins in you. Doesn't begin from a song. Doesn't begin from another service. It begins in you. You don't need another sermon. You need revival. I need life. If your neighbor squeeze your hand on the count of three, there's a couple more people that are waiting to squeeze hands. I want you to do it now. Now, now, now. Now is the time. Stop waiting. Now is the time. Not when you get it all worked out. Not when you get it all figured out. Now is the moment. Now is the moment. If your neighbor squeeze your hand, on the count of three, I just want you to lift their hand together. Ready? One, two, three. Hands are going up all over this room. Hands are going up all over this room. Come on, all over this room. If your neighbor's lifting your hand, would you grab them and just walk them right down to this front? I'd love to shake their hand. I'd love to meet them. Come on, just grab them by the hand. If your neighbor, squeeze your hand. Come on, you be accountable to bring them down. You be accountable. Come on, say, I'm bringing you to Jesus. I'm bringing you up there. We're going to pray together. We're going to believe together. Come on. Come on, you can give it up for these friends as they're coming down. Well, this has been another episode of Fearless TV. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
I truly believe that someone behind the screen right now is breaking right now as you hear this message. God is doing something and turning something in your heart. And I believe that the reason for that is because God is after you. He's trying to awaken something deep inside of you that he put there long before you were born. I know that today, revival is such a talked about word. Even A.W. Tozer said, man, if we talk so much about revival and we're believing so much for it, isn't it funny that we see so much, so little of it? And he said that many think that this revival will come through just prayer, but we miss that God is not just about communication, but he's also about obedience. Many of you right now in your living rooms, I dare you in your offices, wherever you're at watching this on your iPhone, I dare you to just to take a moment today and just go after God. What's the last thing that he spoke to you? Many times we're looking for a new thing or we're looking for the next thing because really we, won't, we don't want to live out the last thing. And I want to awaken something inside of you today, that there is a revivalist in your heart. To revive simply means to make strong, to bring popular again, to bring to the forefront. It's funny how a lot of the words in the Bible are this re, to revive, to renew, revolution, starting over, bringing back, coming back to the old road. And I believe the old road is what God's called us to. Not because it's old and archaic, but the road he started us on, the dream he had for the church. The first church was born in a prayer meeting of revival, but it wasn't just a prayer meeting. It was an obedience meeting. It was a group of people. He said, go and wait on me, and I'm going to show up in power. And this generation, we don't like obedience. We don't like to obey. We don't like to do what we're told. We like to make our own way. But God is calling you back to his way. Right now, if you're watching this and you're far from God, the key is that you believe you're far from God, but God is everywhere. So no matter how far you've run, he's there as well. He says, I am the I am God. I'm here, well, I'm there too, because I am the I am God. I'm back here, I'm over here, I'm going through this, I'm there too, I'm the I am God. And so today, all you have to do is cry out to him, and he wants to cause a personal revival in your life. Why don't you do that with me today? Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray right now, behind this screen, through this camera, Father, that you would touch lives, you would touch hearts, you would awaken someone out there, Father, I pray right now as they pray with me and believe with me, we believe right now that you would awaken the deadness in us, God, and something would be set on a new path in our lives, starting right here, right now. Lord, revive us. Bring revival to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to Fearless TV.